Singularity by Bill DeSmet. Copyright 2004 by William H. DeSmet. All rights reserved. Chapter 38. Welcome back. Again, that stinging in his neck. Knox swallowed, tasting the sourness of stale vomit in the back of his throat. He pried open eyes, still smarting from the tear gases after effects, and looked around. Same white-coated stranger, same hypodermic, maybe. Everything else was different. He was lying on a bed, a familiar bed with a matte gold coverlet. The clock on the wall read 4.45. He'd lost four and a half hours somewhere. No, wait, that was a 24-hour display. 4.45 meant quarter of five in the morning, and, sure enough, the rounded window in the far wall gave out on blackness just beginning to pale with false dawn. The rounded window? Realization hit him an instant before he felt the residual pitch and roll beneath him. He was back on Rusalka. But why? Why not just shoot him where he stood? Where he lay, rather. Like poor Mycroft. Mycroft. It was all coming back. Didn't want it to. Not right now. Thank God Mariana was okay. Last he'd seen, anyway. No, don't go there, either. Think about something else. The hand shaking his shoulder saved him the trouble. The medic, if that's what he was, was saying something in Russian. Gospodin Knox, please, we must hurry. Are you able to sit up? With the medic supporting him, Knox tried to rise, and was immediately rewarded with a vision of encroaching darkness and the onset of a splitting headache. His stomach, which had been clamoring for attention for some time, now seemed on the verge of open revolt. He fell back on the bed, panting and shivering. Go away. Through slitted eyes, Knox watched the medic hold a whispered consultation with someone standing at the door. Two blurry presences entered the room and approached the bed. John, said a familiar voice, it is good to see you are still alive. I cannot tell you how good. Wish I could say the same, Sasha. Enough of this. Yuri shouldered Sasha aside, glowered down at Knox. Stand! Head reeling, Knox did his best to comply. After two abortive attempts, he was more or less upright, hanging on to the night table for dear life, gasping for breath, his heartbeat thundering in his ears. The medic helped matters no end by shining a blinding light in his eyes. Listen, John, Sasha said. We get you cleaned up now, but we must hurry. A glance at his wrist top. Not much time. Sasha's voice seemed to be coming from the bottom of a rain barrel. That couldn't be right, could it? Knox raised his head and squinted. Sure enough, Sasha's face was framed in a swirling tunnel of fuzzy black nothingness. It was receding, even as he watched, into a pinpoint of light, like the image on a monitor after the power's been cut. Devil take it! Get up! The Georgian-accented bellow brought the world back. In patches, anyway. Knox tried again to bestir himself. Time to be up and about though actually it was kind of restful just lying there with Yuri kicking him in the ribs. The world snapped back into focus once again, along with his headache. 
arms draped around the shoulders of his two boon companions, Sasha and Yuri. Knox was being half frog-marched, half carried down the exterior companionway to lab deck. The fresh breeze wafting in the open stairwell was doing more to revive him than the antidote had. The golden light from the sliver of sun just peeking over the horizon was helping too. The start of yet another beautiful day aboard Rusalka. Not that he'd be spending much of it outdoors. Their trail led into the interior, along the familiar passageway to Rusalka's public lab. Where there had been some changes made. The firewalls were gone, and with them the jellyfish camouflage that had kept the secret lab secret. The partitioned compartment had become a single open space, centered on the banks of workstations monitoring antipode. They'd needed the room. The facility was now cluttered with equipment and jammed full of people, and over in a corner there was one person in particular. Looking somewhat the worse for wear, bruised, smudged, thoroughly disarrayed, wearing makeshift manacles of adhesive mesh and sporting more of the sticky stuff, emblematic of the ferocity of her resistance in the most unlikely places, and despite it all utterly beautiful in his eyes, Mariana stood flanked by a brace of security guards. One of the guards was holding a gun on her, while the other wielded a sponge and a small bottle of solvent in an effort to scour residual patches of webbing from her arms. Knox's escort hustled him past newly installed workstations and around rats' nests of exposed cabling. Given they were headed for Mariana, he did his best to help out. He was surprised to find that his legs, though still wobbly, would now support his weight. Even so, he felt in far worse shape than she looked. They must have revived her first, for whatever reason. That she was fully recovered from the knockout shot, there could be no doubt. Mariana was glaring fiercely around the room, ready to take on Grecian's minions one at a time or all together, looking for something to kill. The intensity of her gaze softened several orders of candle power when she saw Knox. John, thank God. I got worried when they didn't bring you down. It seemed like hours. He was close enough to touch her, if only Yuri weren't keeping him on so short a leash. My friends here insisted I get properly attired first. Knox was wearing shirt and slacks on loan from Sasha. I see your handlers didn't enforce the same dress code. Mariana was in the same sleeveless blouse and black jeans she'd been wearing at Weathertop. The only new additions to her wardrobe were the strips of sticky web fastened tightly around her wrists. Oh, they tried, she told him. Then she turned to the guard doing the scrubbing. Didn't you, you svolich? you mats! Huh. Krom's survival Russian instructors must have a whole different take on core vocabulary. Strictly speaking, though, the act Mariana claimed to have performed on the guard's mother wasn't anatomically feasible. The guard got the message regardless. Abandoning his clean-up Mariana campaign, he set sponge and solvent on a nearby table and sucker-punched her in the kidney. Knox strained against Yuri's grip. No luck. He could only watch as Mariana doubled over from the surprise blow. She gripped the edge of the table for support and came back swinging. If she was hampered at all by the fact that her wrists were glued together, you couldn't tell it from the pounding she began giving her luckless assailant. Knox's view of the fracas was cut off abruptly. Yuri's injured arm, cast and all, had wrapped itself around his neck in a grip so tight it forced his head back. 
He struggled to draw breath through his constricted windpipe, then froze as he felt the cool kiss of a gun muzzle against his temple. Stop! Now! Yuri's voice was conversational in tone. Mariana knew enough Russian to understand, or maybe not. What counted was that she looked in his direction. Then she stopped. With Yuri, action spoke louder than words, especially since his next action might be to pull the trigger. Once he was sure the dust had settled, Yuri released Knox to rub his bruised larynx and think dark thoughts. His client, his woman, his lover. On so many levels, he ought to be doing something to help her. Instead, he was being used against her, a hostage to her good behavior. That must be all they thought he was good for. They hadn't even bothered reviving him until they'd found out what a handful she was. Hunched over, still wheezing, it hit him with the force of a revelation. He was tired of it. Sick and tired of being a pawn in somebody else's game. For most of his professional life, Jonathan Knox had worked at solving other people's problems. In all that time, he'd never lost sight of the essential distinction between the client's best interests and his own. On balance, that was a good thing. A modicum of distance, of professional detachment, was key to maintaining his objectivity, to offering the best advice he could, no matter the circumstances. Where was that distance now? It had gotten lost somewhere, squeezed down and collapsed into nothingness by Mycroft's death, by his, his relationship with Mariana, by the sheer globally catastrophic price of failure. Detachment be damned. Knox straightened up slowly. Even a pawn has the power to change his lot in life, his status in the game. If only he can go the distance, make it into the last row. One way or another, Knox vowed, he was going to make it into the last row on the chessboard and promote himself from incidental nuisance to Arkady Grecian's worst nightmare. Listening to Singularity by Bill DeSmet.